Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. Let's read John chapter 4, verses 46 to 54. So he came again to Cana in Galilee, it's Jesus, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed, and all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. Let's pray. Father God, we give you thanks for all your many blessings to us. We give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks that this word was written down so long ago by your servant John, and it was preserved for us today. We pray now that as we reflect on your word, that you would speak to us by the power of the Holy Spirit, that this word would not merely be information for our heads, but transformation for our hearts, changing the way that we think, the way that we feel, in the way that we live. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I said to pay attention to this glass. And my question for you is, how full is this glass? Would you say that this glass is half empty or half full? And what you say is reflective of your personality, right? Whether you look at this glass and say this glass is half empty that's what we say, you're, you're, you're a pessimist. You see things are running out. This glass is on the way down. If you look at this glass and you say that this is half full, well, then you're an optimist and you think things are going to get better. Of course, really, the glass is still the same, though, isn't it? There's exactly the same amount of wine in this glass. Now, kids, you may not be excited about the wine in the glass, but it makes it easy to see. So, you know, we all, we all want to believe. We all want hope. We all want to believe that things are going to get better. But it, it doesn't come easily, does it? And so we can talk about whether the glass is half empty or half full. We can talk about whether we are optimists or pessimists. Whether we're optimists just trust, kind of blindly expecting and hoping, oh, things are going to get better. And, but, but there's not really anything to base that on. Or maybe we're, we're more pessimistic. And those of us who are more pessimistic tend to not say that we're pessimistic. We tend to say that we are realistic. And we, just, we have kind of sheltered in and said, well, no, I don't want to get hurt. So I'm, I, that, that glass is half empty. I want to prepare myself for it being all the way empty. But that doesn't really give us hope either. Whether we are just blindly trusting for things to get better or protecting ourselves against things that might get worse, we don't really have hope. We don't really believe. 
And what we see here in John chapter 4 is that while this is, yes, about healing, it is even more so about belief. That is the fundamental thing here at the end of John chapter 4. The fundamental point of this for us is about belief. It's about belief. That's what Jesus says in verse 48. The man comes and asks Jesus to heal him, and Jesus' response is a little bit strange. He says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Jesus points us to belief. And then in verse 50, the man believed. And so, and then in verse 53, he himself believed in all his household. This is about belief. Where do we find the hope to believe? See, this is our fundamental problem. Our fundamental problem is that it is hard for us to believe. It is hard for us to have hope because we are forever looking at half full glasses and trying to decide whether it's reasonable to expect that things will get better or whether we have to protect ourselves against things getting worse. And what Jesus tells us here, the main thing for us, the main thing that John is telling us about God, the main thing that Jesus is telling about us about himself is that Jesus brings the ultimate hope for belief. Only Jesus brings the ultimate hope for belief. Only Jesus brings real hope, real belief. That's the message here. The message here is that Jesus has all the power. And because of that, he can really give us hope. He can take our half full glass and he can change it so that we truly have hope, so that we can truly believe. So if Jesus is the ultimate source of hope, the ultimate source of belief, what's the main thing that we have to do? <laughs> we have to believe. Just like this man, we must believe and we must go. We must take those steps. This man, it's fascinating because Jesus tells this man, this man comes and asks him to heal his son. Jesus says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And the guy, the official's like, but about my son, come down and heal my son. And then Jesus says, go, your son will live. And what happens? The man believed the word and went on his way. And see, it's fascinating because he hadn't seen the sign yet. He just believed and went. And as he believed and went, then the servants met him. And then the servants told him, hey, your son was healed. When? Exactly when Jesus spoke the word. And then he and all his household could believe, for they had truly seen the sign. But first, he went. First, he went with some measure of belief. So when we look at Jesus, the source of our ultimate hope, we must believe and we must go. But it's easier said than done, isn't it? It sounds like, okay, I'm going to believe and go, but how? How can we really do that? Well, what we need to do is we need to look more at Jesus. Look more at what Jesus is showing us here. And we see here really three ways that, demonstrate, that Jesus demonstrates his ultimate hope. Demonstrates how he offers us this hope. So first, Jesus shows us that Jesus understands our true need. Second, that Jesus decides the best way. And third, that Jesus speaks words of power. So Jesus understands, Jesus decides, Jesus speaks. And together as we turn to these, we can see and find hope in Jesus. Hope that lets us Believe. So first, Jesus understands our true need. Coming back to verse 48, I've already mentioned the saying this is about belief. 
This is an odd response uh, from, from Jesus to the man. You know, the man comes and asks him to heal. And Jesus says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. <laughs> huh? Like he's coming and asking, right? Like, isn't that good enough? But there's two things going on here. One that's not completely obvious because of the word you is that this proper, and there's, in most Bibles there's a footnote, in your black Bibles it doesn't have any footnotes. But really this is unless y'all see signs and wonders. Jesus is not actually speaking just to the man here. He is speaking to everybody. Unless you all, all of you out there, people in general. See, what's, what's happening here is Jesus is demonstrating that he understands us. He understands our true need. The first part of that is he understands that the true need here, the deepest need, is not just the healing of the man's son. The deepest need is for that man and everybody else to believe in Jesus. Jesus said, I hear you asking for your son. Let me tell you what your true need is. Your true need is to believe. But Jesus also understands how we are. He has compassion for us. He understands that belief is not easy. Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. This is not a judgment. This is not a condemnation. There are other times that Jesus says things like this, and it's kind of with a sigh or a frustration or that kind of thing. But I don't think there's judgment here. I think there's understanding and compassion here. Jesus recognizes that we need to see. And so he shows us. He understands that our true need is to believe. So what does that mean for us? If Jesus understands that our true need is to believe, we must align our understanding of the world with the way that Jesus understands us. And we must prioritize our spiritual lives. We must prioritize belief. We must put that first. Whether we are young, whether we are four or five or 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 or 60 or 70 or 90, whatever stage of life we are in, the most important thing is that we believe, that we believe in Jesus, that we put our spiritual lives, who God is, what he has done, that we put that first. So if you're here this morning, you're thinking, I, I don't, do I believe? I don't know if I believe. This is the right place to be. It is right that you are here, that you are exploring, that you are trying to figure this out. And my encouragement to you will be to keep figuring this out, to keep looking into the Bible, reading it for yourself, saying, what is going on here? Is Jesus really who he said he is? Did he really do these signs and wonders? Now, maybe you say, maybe you believe that. You're a Christian. You're like, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I'm a Christian. But it's getting a little, it's getting a little out there, a little second class, third class, fourth class. Say, no, you know what? Jesus is telling me this morning that I need to put my belief first. That needs to be my highest priority to understand what it means to believe in Jesus and what that means for my life. And in that, as we do that, that could, me saying that, it could make you feel guilty or ashamed. But remember that Jesus understands who we are. He understands our weakness. He understands that we need to see power demonstrated, that we need to see real things change in our lives. We need to see his work happen. He has grace and compassion for us. So there is no call here for guilt or for shame, but to turn and throw ourselves at Jesus' feet 
and say, Jesus, I want to know you more. Because Jesus understands our true need. And since Jesus understands our true need, Jesus decides the best way. You may have missed this as we were reading. You have, to, you have to read closely to see it. But if you look at verse 47, the man went to him and asked him, asked Jesus to come down and heal his son. See, this man was in Capernaum. Jesus was in Cana. He said, come on, come down to Capernaum and heal my son. I know you can do this, Jesus. And then again in verse 49, sir, come down before my child dies. He wanted Jesus to come and do Jesus' stuff and heal his son. He was expecting that that would work. Come and do, do whatever you do, Jesus. I know you can do it. But Jesus said to him, go. Your son will live. Jesus did not do it the way this man expected. He expected to come, lay his hands on him, say the words, whatever you do. But instead, Jesus spoke the word from afar and just said, go on, it's done. Your son will live. Because Jesus decided that that was the best way. And so we have to trust when we want real hope, real solid hope that lasts. We have to trust that Jesus decides the best way. And that way is not always what you expect. And many, many of you know this uh, story in my life and our life as a family. I, I may tell it again next week by accident, but I'll tell it this week too. Um, we are now coming up. Next week will be the four-year anniversary of us coming to Virginia Beach uh, to start what became Resurrection Community Church. But this is not what we were expecting five years ago. Five years ago at this time, Suzanne and I had a great plan. We had a great plan that we were living in Atlanta, we were, in, uh, we were working at a church there, we were invested in a community, and we had a great plan for a new church in North Atlanta, in Sandy Springs. And this was gonna be a new church that brought together rich and poor that brought together white and black and Hispanic all in one church. We had an extensive after-school ministry among the uh, Latino population in Sandy Springs. The school that our children went to was 50% Hispanic, 25% white, 25% black. This is gonna be great. We're gonna plant a new church here that brings all these people together in one body. It seemed like a great plan. It seemed like a great idea. And yet, through a variety of circumstances, a variety of painful circumstances, God said no to that plan. And the doors closed. And that church was never planted, at least not, not by us. Maybe somebody else will do that someday. But instead, God brought us here to start Resurrection Community Church. And now that we've been here for four years, we can very clearly look back and see that church that we thought we could start, there are many reasons why that probably would not have worked. We thought it was a good idea. We thought that was what God was leading us to, but it would not have worked. And God had a better plan. And we came here and we moved in in Virginia Beach and we said, oh, we fit in much better here. This is our place. This is where we belong. And so God has brought together this church, this resurrection community. And now looking back, we can see this is exactly what God had for us. This was exactly God's way for this church here to come about. And this is much better than our plan that we thought was good. But at the time, we couldn't see that. At the time, we just had to trust that Jesus decides the best way and that he knows better than we do. 
So what does that mean for us as we, as we think about Jesus telling this official to go a different way, as we think about stories in our own life where God has closed doors, has taken us a different direction than what we we're expecting. All we can do is we can step out in faith and obedience. When you don't know what to do, ask yourself what is right. Even children, you may hear me talking about where we're going to start churches and what we're going to do with our lives. You may think that is far off. But even right now, day in, day out, you may not know what you're going to be when you grow up, and that's fine. But you can obey God. You can be kind to your friends right now. You can do good in school. You can respect your teachers. You can start to walk in obedience to God. Adults, it's the same thing. It, life doesn't really change that much. In each moment, we say, God, what does it mean to obey you? What does it mean to love you? What does it mean to love others? We walk in faith and obedience, trusting that Jesus decides the best way. Then the third thing we see here, though, in Jesus deciding the best way, the source of our hope is that Jesus speaks. And what does he speak? He speaks words of power. It's amazing here. He says it, and John makes it very clear. What made the difference? It was Jesus' word that made the son live. Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. That's verse 50. Verse 52, they asked, he asked them the hour when they began to get better, and they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. Because Jesus' words have power. And the beautiful thing about this is that we still have Jesus' words for us today. And Jesus' words still have power for us today. So when we want real hope, when we want to be able to believe, where do we turn? We turn to the words of Jesus. We turn to the words of Jesus throughout the entire Bible. The words of Jesus as he spoke through the prophets in the old days before he came to earth. The words of Jesus himself when he was on earth. The words of Jesus through his servants, the apostles, as they wrote letters to the churches after Jesus went up to heaven. We have the words of Jesus and their words of power. And the great thing about them is that they're not just, it's not just a puzzle that we have to figure out all for ourselves. It's not abstract philosophy. It is power. Yes, God's word rewards study. God works through our study and our minds as we think about what's written. But these words also come with pure power off the page. In our Three Strands Youth Group, uh, we've been working on reading through the Bible together. And so every week I give the students a piece of paper and has about 10 chapters from the Bible to read. And then there's a couple boxes on this paper. And two of those boxes are exactly what you would read in school for anything. Observations about the text, questions about the text. You could do that with anything. But there's a third box, and on that third box it says, special for me. Because as we read the Bible, it is not just like any other text. It is not just a matter of observing and asking questions. It is a matter of listening to the Holy Spirit. And so that box is there for us to write down, what is God speaking to me? Which verses are standing out by the power of the Holy Spirit to make a difference in my life? Even as we come here, as we listen in the services, you hear the words read. God is speaking to you. God is working change in your heart. You're being changed in ways that you do not know. 
that you may never know why after coming into worship Sunday after Sunday and hearing the words read that somehow they have gone deep into your heart. It's become part of who you are. You say, you know what? I do believe more. I am a kinder, gentler person. I am more gracious and forgiving. I am more confident in God's love for me. So what does that mean for us? It means to read, our, read the Bible. Read it. Listen to it. Ask God to speak through it. Put yourself in places where you read the Bible together. We, this is what we do in our community groups. We connect with one another. We read the Bible together. We go through the daily prayer project. We let the Psalms speak to us. We let the scripture readings speak to us. We reflect on them. We sit in God's presence. For God speaks to us and God gives us real hope. I said to pay attention to the glass. Because at the end of the day, the glass is still sitting up here half full. And we can still feel like, are we optimists or pessimists? What can we put our faith in? But what we've heard is that Jesus gives us real hope. And see, what Jesus does is he doesn't just say, look at the glass and see that it's half full. Instead, Jesus fills it up and he actually changes it. He says, no, it's not half full. This glass is all the way full. We have real hope. We have real belief. See, Jesus filled up the glass because he understands our deepest need. He understands that our deepest need is for our sins to be forgiven. Jesus fills up our glass because he decides the best way. He knew that the best way to deal with our sins, surprisingly enough, was for him to die on the cross, that he could take the punishment for our sins. And Jesus fills up our glass because he speaks the words of power. As Jesus died on that cross, the thief next to him said, Jesus, remember me. And Jesus spoke to him and said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Words of power. Your sins are forgiven. You will have eternal life. Jesus understands it. He decides it. He speaks it. That gives us real hope that life will happen, that things will change. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you love us, that you care for us. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for Jesus' life of healing on earth, that he came to demonstrate signs and wonders that we might believe. We thank you that those were recorded for us. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that you work in our lives to make these words powerful for us. Would you fill our cups, give us hope to believe in you, and then to walk in faith and obedience that we may believe and go. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.